Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. The Buffalo Bills 23, the Indianapolis Colts 19. It's preseason, people. It doesn't matter that much, does it? Tony Katz, good to be with you, Tony Katz, today. Uh, That's the score. But all I can get people to talk about, the only thing people are mentioning about this Colts loss, oh, Anthony Richardson threw an interception. Peyton Manning in his freshman season threw 90 billion interceptions. What are we talking about here? Why is the objective of all the sports guys to figure out how they can crap on this dude as much as possible? JMV joins us from 93.5107.5 The Fan, the voice of sports in Indiana. Uh, before we get into the play of specifically Anthony Richardson, you were looking at a lot of things in this preseason game. You wanted to see how that offensive line was going to do. You were looking at some secondary work. Your overall takeaway of the Indianapolis Colts under Coach Shane Steichen from one game. Well, I'm not trying to crap on everything here, Tony, but I felt that it was kind of what I expected um, all the way around. I mean, there wasn't anything spectacular, but there wasn't anything, I don't think, Tony, out of the ordinary where you'd go, oh, man, this is just kind of beginning the early stages, if you will, of what I believe this type of season is going to be. And starting with the quarterback, too, with Anthony Richardson, you go back to making that bad decision, getting picked off of his own territory. But let's face it, Tony, it's not like he got some great starting position every time he got it in that first quarter. And the other thing that you're looking for is the fact that I thought that he, as the game went on, especially in that first quarter, that he got more comfortable. You know, he had a ball he threw to Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce has kind of pulled that in. That's something that – you know, at times a year ago, we saw that in week one with Alec Pierce against Houston. That could have been, it was the difference in winning that game and losing or tying that game, if you will. So those are things that I was looking at. But with Anthony Richardson in mind, I looked at this. I thought that he came about and started to really get comfortable with the situation after that, that early game uh, interception that he threw right there. So I, I guess that's what I would start right there. It's kind of what I expected, Tony. That's not a great answer, but what I expected. But I, but I think that's accurate. I think it is yeah. what you expected. I think that that what you end up with from this team after the first game is, all right, they were able to throw, okay. They were able to have some guys uh, engage uh, some receptions. Malik Turner, four receptions for 48 yards. Josh Downs, two uh, for 29 yards. You got the practice. You got him out there. Uh, but you said specifically you were going to look at that offensive line. Can these people block? Well, they did, and we'll see if Tony Sperano Jr. is going to be a big difference in the starters. Now, the one problem, I think, overall else, Tony, that you got out of that game is the depth. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, this has supposedly been, you know, something Chris Ballard has been after since he's been here, going into year number seven right now, is having significant offensive line depth. And that's not always been there, and it doesn't look like it's going to be there now. But you can talk about the starting unit, which was awful a year ago. And, Tony, that started in Buffalo. In that first preseason game, they started out awful and remained awful throughout the season. They looked a lot more cohesive as a unit 
at least in that preseason game, number one. So that was a good thing. I thought overall Anthony Richardson and the team effort is exactly what we had uh, thought we were going to get. But you can't have your high-dollar free agency pickup kicker, Matt Gay, miss from 28. You can't have that whatsoever. So those are a lot of things that stood out to me in that game on Saturday, Tony. Talking to JMV from 93.5, 107.5, the fan. Uh, one thing we did get uh, from uh, that game that's very, very important. Jake Funk, seven carries, 13 yards, one touchdown, did I or did I not say we need this guy on this team so we can have that song playing? You did. You know what else you saw? You saw actually an offensive line that opened up a gaping hole for we want the funk to run through. And I thought of you whenever he did that. I thought, you know, Tony Cass is going to be really happy wherever he's watching this game right now because there's Jake Funk. So, yes, that had to be the high point, the high moment of what you had witnessed on that afternoon game in Buffalo. So good me, for you and good for Jake Funk, certainly. Good, yeah. I, I am all about the Funk. Uh, you're Shane Steichen. This team is not necessarily what you thought you were going to in, inherit. Um, certainly people like uh, Matt Ryan can tell you all about that. And part of that is because you've got um, – Jonathan Taylor, not around. Uh, the, the contract issues, the injury. He's supposed to be back this week. What is the update on Jonathan Taylor? He's going to be back at practice, at least according to Shane Steichen, uh, this week. But I'm assuming that he's going to be standing around and observing as he has. I don't think that any progress has been made on this. So let's get to this point right now, Tony. Um, it, it is evident to me, as it should be, I think, to everybody, that, man, this is so necessary to have him. You just think about the good things and then the bad things we saw on a rookie quarterback. Think about the offensive line. And then think about how much better it would be if your number one offensive weapon, and if you go back the year prior, or a year before last, I should say, how big of a deal he was at running back and how much he could help this situation evolve and evolve for the better, I, for the life of me, Either side should just kind of come together and say, okay, we need you. Okay, I need you. And then work out something for the betterment of this squad. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But I thought it was incredibly obvious on Saturday just how necessary he is going to be. A healthy year-before-last version of Jonathan Taylor. Unfortunately, I think that's a pipe dream right now, a fairy tale, and I don't look for it in the near future. And again, that's unfortunate because this team needs it and Jonathan Taylor needs this team given the situation. But you said when we last spoke that mm -hmm. I, you think the odds might be that he's in a different uniform. Let's put some numbers to it. What are the odds that when uh, the season starts, Jonathan Taylor does not wear a Colts uniform? Um, I think it's a lot higher um, than I thought, which was zero. I thought there was no way in the world. I thought Jim Mercy was going to stand by what he had said and that Jonathan Taylor, regardless, was going to be in a Colts uniform. But at some point, I think now you're going to have to make some sort of decision, even if you have to double back on what you had initially said. I don't see anything around it here. I, I just I can't see him right now. And, again, we get different feelings because you get – 
different rumored reports, Tony. And then you see the body language when he's actually back out there at camp, like you did when he was out there at camp previously. And it kind of leads you down the path of wondering if what you're thinking right now is accurate. And I just don't know how the Colts don't move on this situation. Let's just say he feels like, hey, you know, I'm not 100%, so I'm not going to get back out there and I'm not going to play. We'll call it what it is. I mean, this is a sit-in, all right, or hold-in, if you will. He is just kind of, you know, waiting, I would guess, with his representation uh, to go back whenever he feels the time is necessary, thus he's going to get paid. That doesn't mean he's going to play at all to me, but he wants to make sure that he gets paid and they are in such a situation right now, I, I, it's hard for me to believe the two sides are going to come together in a situation in which would benefit Colts fans. And to benefit Colts fans, it's Jonathan Taylor playing the final year of his contract. Uh, and I just don't see that happening. So I think one thing is going to have to be done. And if they have to double back and trade him, uh, like I mentioned early on, I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, my thought process has changed on that a little bit because, again, something's going to have to be done, and that may end up, Tony, being the something that needs to be done. Talking with JMV from 93.5107.5, the fan in in Indianapolis, the voice of sports in Indiana. Uh, let's talk basketball. And this is the 76ers and, uh, and James Harden. Um, Harden has been, going back to his days in Houston, an impossible teammate. The issue wasn't uh, the the Houston Rockets. The issue wasn't uh, the the Brooklyn Nets, although it could have been the Brooklyn Nets. The issue is not the 76ers. The issue is James Harden. I say it. I mean it. I don't apologize uh, for it. Now James Harden is doing some tour in China with the NBA, and he's going after the... Um, the head of uh, basketball operations at, for the 76ers, Daryl Morey, yeah. calling him a liar, saying that he will never be a part of an organization that Daryl Morey is a part of. He's doing this in China. It's Daryl Morey who had stood up for the Hong Kongers when they were engaged in protest against mainland China, against the Communist Chinese Party. And it was the NBA, including LeBron James and others, that went after him, that he needs to get educated, attacked him just just brutally. The NBA did not show a lot of class uh, in, in this one. But now you have this. What is James Harden's damage? And why why is there no trade opportunity with him for the Lakers or anybody else? Well, because the Sixers just don't want to give him away. I mean, that's the situation. They don't want to give him away, so clearly they did not get uh, from their conversations they were having trying to trade him anything that they, they thought was good in return. And this is what James Harden is doing right now, is playing that ultimate card. All right, so how am I going to go back there? I just said what I said about the guy that runs the organization. So now you guys really are going to be put on the spot and have to trade me, and therein lies the difference, Tony between the NFL and the NBA, the petulant children in the NBA, if you want to act like that, can end up getting what they want. They can fold their arms and pout and stomp their feet and end up getting what they want. And the NFL, if you do that in terms of Jonathan Taylor, because of, you know, the players union and how things are contractually obligated, they don't always get, oftentimes they don't get, what they want, especially the running back position. So therein lies certainly a difference right there. 
I would have guessed at some point James Harden's going to end up getting what he wants and traded out of Philadelphia. But you're right, it's been every stop since Oklahoma City and his start. It's been Houston. It has been Brooklyn. And it's always this greener pasture thing. Wanted out of Brooklyn, went to Philadelphia, can't get along there. For the life of me, I don't know why other teams would even want to bring him on because you know the shelf life is going to be short. You know you're not going to end up winning anything, and you know that there's just going to be trouble at the tail end. So with that amount of money and what he represents right now, as far as his game is concerned in the NBA, overall, I don't know why anybody would want to mess with it because it just absolutely wears you out, Tony, and you know what's coming. And that's just it. Why doesn't the NBA do anything uh, about it? But then again, this is the same NBA who lets people like Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr lose their minds politically. The fact that I disagree with them isn't the the issue here. It's that they're allowed to engage in stuff that's clearly divisive with reckless abandon. Tony, the NBA players have power. You know, the NFL players would love to have just a little bit of the type of power that the NBA players have. Quarterbacks in the NFL have some of that power, but certainly not anybody else. And there, again, is the huge difference. It's a player's league in the NBA. The players can basically do what they want. Uh, If they want out of town, they're going to get out of town. I mean, look at the Pacers. I mean, look, Victor Oladipo, Paul George, especially Oladipo, considering everybody thought that, you know, he's from IU and he gets it and he kind of led to a revitalizing year here. And what did it take? Like two years later when he wanted out as well. So you can never say never and always understand that in the NBA, Tony, the players are always going to have that final call. And in this case, that's what James Harden's trying to do with the Sixers. Yeah, but it's nice to see that I haven't heard thing one about Oladipo ever again. <laughs> yeah, Tony, where's Victor Oladipo right now? Do you I, know? I have no idea. I have no idea. He, he honestly, he could be he could be washing my car for all I know. He could be making a hundred million dollars a year with a record contract for all I know. Well, and he's also suing somebody that was close to him that made a lot of his business decisions at the time when people around here suggested maybe he shouldn't have been with this particular person and listening to this person, kind of leading him down a bad path, and that ultimately what is has happened to him. Too bad, man. We see it a lot, don't we? We do, and we saw it in Oladipo around here. We said never never in the world will that happen. Just like we said with Jonathan Taylor. Never in the world could I see Jonathan Taylor acting like this and doing this and sitting out and maybe even not being injured but not playing. You can never say never around here. And again, Colts get the Bears coming up on Saturday. I think the last time we saw a Bears team in the preseason, right, remember that Andrew Luck game? We all kind of said never say never regarding Andrew Luck. So at that point in time, you got to kind of teach yourself you can never say never in terms of any of these stories around here. Because when you do, ultimately it happens. It's a weird thing, and it's a weird dynamic, Tony. JMV from 93.5107.5 The Fan in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Why can't I say Indianapolis? I live here. The voice of sports <laughs> in Indiana. JMV, always a pleasure. More is coming up. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today.